Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdenamzalike.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for a fourth episode of season 18, a very special guest and author of You Can Be Happy Again, Bouncing Back After Infidelity, Betrayal and Loss, Miss Delia Gold. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Delia, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. I am so excited and happy to be here. Thank you for having me. My name is Delia Gould, as you mentioned uh, um, before, and I wrote the book, You Can Be Happy Again, Bouncing Back After Infidelity, Betrayal, and Loss. It is available on Amazon. But in that book, I talk about my experience when my husband had an affair with my best friend. We were married for over 10 years, and he was also a leader in the church. And we were blessed with our own home, our own business, uh, vehicles, and two wonderful children. We even had a date night, which was every Tuesdays. We would go out together whether to the beach, to a restaurant, whether to the park, or just go for a walk or drive together. Life was good (laughs) until I noticed a change in in the relationship dynamics between my husband and my best friend. They began to get very close. And the first thing I noticed was a bill, a phone bill for my husband that had a lot of calls to my my best friend. The last call and the first call every day was to that number plus how many calls during the day. And not even that, even there was even a number of, texts as well like 15 or more texts during the day and when I saw that it it seemed a bit you know strange and odd to me why would my husband have to be contacting my best friend so often there was even a call at 1 a.m in the morning wow when I questioned them when I questioned them about it they just said we we're friends we're just friends nothing is happening And that began a journey um, with the very dark, as I always tell people, it it was one of the darkest 
experience in my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much uh, to be here, Delia. I mean, I know how difficult it is to be able to go into the past and remember all those darkest moments that you have uh, that you have to experience. And I know that betrayal is definitely something that you know affects us in a very very deep level, both emotionally, uh, spiritually, physically, and other uh, forms. And I know that the, the challenge, especially that you have built something incredible with your significant other. And then just in a moment notice, if you didn't pay attention to all the signs of what happened, of him being closer to uh, to uh, your best friend. And now, now, if you could go back for a second here, Delia, a lot of people, what I've seen in my practice, um, they, they come to me because, yes, they've been dealing with betrayal as well. Um, but for you, when you notice that your your husband or now your ex, I guess, right? Okay. Uh, yes. Your ex was like serving the community as being a, a church member and all. Um, but do you feel that he was also friendly with everyone else at the church? So it was very hard to decipher if it was one person in particular versus just the whole community? Well, he... He was very friendly. He was a very friendly person. But um, there were a number of things that I noticed, right, between his relationship and my best friend relationship. And I do cover them in chapter four of my book, which is entitled Facing Betrayal, Facing Infidelity. And I... There, there were a number of signs that I saw. I must say, there he eventually confessed to the affair, but it took over three years for him to reach to that point. So during that three years, uh, there were a number of signs that I saw. You know, all of a sudden, you know, I went from being the best wife to the worst wife. And not only that, he would defend um my best friend is like she could do nothing wrong you know he just everything he would just always defend her and he started to say mine instead of ours before you know he would be saying ours and so on and there are a number of different um signs that i saw that made me realize that they are really getting too close for comfort yes okay and I, I, I suffered in silence for over three years. And the reason I wrote this book is because I believe that there are other women out there who are also suffering in silence. Uh, they don't know what to do, how to deal with this situation. And this is why I decided to write this book so I can help to reach these women and help them to know that you can be happy again. But now, do you, do you feel, Delia, that um, the, the the focus on the gender, because now we see also a lot of women who betrays their husband. So oh, yeah. gender-specific, that only to help women, because also men go through the same predicament. Yeah, do you feel yeah that that's true. It's interesting that you mentioned that, because yeah. there is this guy, it was the opposite. He told me his best friend married to his ex-wife. Okay. And um, he has also bought my book. And yet there, you are correct. There are men out there who are facing the same 
you know, betrayal. It's not just women who are facing this. Yes. But the book was written from a female standpoint, but there are information in there that can also benefit men. So there are men. I remember one of my friends, she, she said um, that when she got the book, the husband, her husband read it off in like two days. <laughs> you know, so men are also getting the book and also um, finding it interesting and, and finding information in there that can benefit them. I must tell you, um, while I was going through this trauma, because it was quite traumatic, mm -hmm. um, as I said, it took him like over three years to confess. But I remember when he confessed, you know, um, I went into a great depression. I call it a great depression. Yes. I lost a lot of weight. I, because I wasn't eating, I was hardly eating, hardly sleeping, and it took a toll on me. I lost, I became like figure one, very thin. And I remember after he confessed, um, one of the days I went to the office because not only was she my best friend, she was also the secretary of our business. Oh, jeez. Yes. So I, um, after he confessed, you know, he confessed when I got married is not like I intended to, to, to get divorced. I got married to like live all together, you know, and, and till death was part as the vow stays. So when he confessed, I did not immediately say, okay, you know what? I want a divorce. Because he didn't only confess to the affair. He also confessed that the child that she was carrying was his. Oh. So, yeah, there was a lot going on there. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm as your wife, I'm not comfortable with her being our secretary anymore. And, you know, she must go. But he refused, which I think was a very reasonable request. He refused to let her go. And I told him it's either... I alone or I'm not there at all because I don't think that you should be sharing your husband no. with your spouse with anybody. And I was not for that. And as a result, he pulled away. But when I went to the office that day, uh, as soon as I opened the door, her desk was right at the top at the uh, um, at, of the stairs. So when I opened the door, I saw he was there whispering something in her ears very closely you know whispering something in her ears and you could you could imagine you know the feelings I felt knowing everything you know how I felt I was really torn inside and I went up the stairs and I asked him I said why do we have to go that close to her okay. and um, he was like what do you want now you know, in this very aggressive yes. tone of voice. In the defensive and what happens. I can tell you in that moment, Dr. Dan, it's like the emotional scale, my emotional scale just went out the roof. And I remember I just stood there. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. 
And I, after a bit, I turned and I decided, you know what, let me just leave. I didn't say anything. I decided, let me just leave. And with every step that I took going down the stairs, I felt my body getting weaker and weaker. While going down the stairs, um, there was one of our pastors in the office and he called my name. And the emotional state that I was in, I don't even think that I answered him. I just kept going down the stairs, getting weaker and weaker with every step. By the time I opened the door and went outside, I felt like I had no legs. I, I couldn't feel my legs on my body. And I just fainted. But before I can fall on the concrete ground, the ground outside was concrete. Before I can fall on the concrete ground, the pastor grabbed me the same time. He, he was coming down behind me, unawares to me, because I'm in this kind of a state. Mm -hmm. And he was coming down and then he saw what was happening and he grabbed me and he held me up. So I didn't actually hit the ground. You know, and I always thank God for sending that pastor, that person there, because sometimes I wonder what would have happened to me if I'd actually fall and hit my head or, you know, I would have really, I could have really been really hurt. So but true. I must tell you that that was a turning point for me. Because at that point, I realized, you know, I said to myself, Vida, you can't go on like this. If you continue like this, you're not going to make it. So I took my focus off of my husband and my best friend and I put it on myself. I decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on myself. I'm going to focus on my children because I want to be there to look after them and to take care of them myself. I didn't want anybody else to have to do that. So I started to literally force myself to eat. I'm telling you, and try and get more sleep and take vitamins to try and build back myself. And then gradually I started to gain back the weight. And I I I tell you, just just talking about it again, you know, it just reminds me and puts me back in that place, you know, where I was. It was a very, very dark place in my life but that that was a turning point for me and i realized i need to look after myself Absolutely. forget about them and focus on myself and look after myself exactly and at the same time now do you think that um first of all are they together are they together right now or yeah, they, yeah they're still together Okay, um, but it, it is it in a way that you guys been together for ten years. But you said that you start seeing the signs. But going back, do you feel that they've been together a lot more than three years before you discovered that there wasn't a? That is possible. That is very possible. It's very possible. They never told me anything. You know, they never told me when they started or anything. So 
So that is indeed, indeed possible. I do not know how long they were together, you know, but it's not even worth it knowing because it's no. Yeah, it's not going to change the circumstances that uh, that uh, occurred. Um, okay, so now what would you say to our listeners, uh, to women or men um, that mm -hmm. are going through this kind of betrayal? What would you mm -hmm. give as an advice to be able to kind of uh, learn to move forward and mm -hmm. again, be happy, even though you went through a very, very dark moment and very traumatic moment? What are the step-by-step -step that you recommend for people to start healing? and not going back and always feel like they have to revenge the, the situation or revenge themselves for going through what they had to go through? Well, that's a very good question, um, Dr. Dan. And one of the major things that I know that really helped me through this process or yeah, through this experience was forgiving them. Mm -hmm. I remember every time I saw them together, it's like a ball of negative emotions all came together. You know, pain, the hurt, the suffering, the, the resentment, you know, everything just boiled up together. And there was one time when I went to a supermarket and they were both there okay. and it was the first time I saw the baby and while I was in the supermarket I was able to contain myself but as soon as I got into the car the vehicle and closed the door all hell broke loose I just started to ball my eyes out and doing that my boys were sitting in the back looking at me you know not sure what to do and you know I, I remember I cried all the way home and when I got home there was a friend there as soon as I opened the vehicle door I just started to vomit wow. literally threw up and the lady came and she she when she saw the condition I was in, she tried to console me and so on. And I remember I told a friend of mine who had the same experience where her husband had cheated on her. I told her what I was experiencing whenever I saw them. And she said to me, she said, Delia, you need to forgive them. And trust me, I'm like, how am I supposed to forgive these people? Yes. You know, it, it, it seemed like an impossible task for me. I knew that I needed God's help. I could not do this alone in my own strength. So I prayed and, and asked God. I struggled sleepless nights, <laughs> lying in my bed, you know, wondering how am I going to forgive them. I prayed and one day I woke up and I decided you know what, I'm going to forgive them today. And I called them and I called her first and I said to her, I said, I'm not calling to cause any argument or confusion. I'm just calling because as a Christian, God expects us to forgive those that hurt us. 
-hmm. And I'm just calling to offer you my forgiveness. And I even went further and I said to her, if there's anything that I did to you, you know, to hurt you, please forgive me. And I remember she said these words, I forgive you. And I, after I called her, I called him. And um, I said basically the same thing. And you know what? From the time I offered them my forgiveness and I saw them the next time, there was no negative feelings. All the negative feelings had just disappeared. It was just like a miracle. All the negative feelings just was replaced by a calmness. Mm -hmm. So I know in forgiving them, I benefited the most. And that is one thing that we need to realize. When you see we forgive, we benefit the most. And you can find out more about the story in chapter eight of my book, which is 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 called Embracing Forgiveness. Chapter eight of my book. And it's it's so important that we forgive. There's this famous quote by an unknown author that says, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Oh wow. But Yes. <laughs> but then since then, you know, I, I I thought about this one. Unforgiveness is like breathing in and never breathing out. You have to let the negative, you know, emotions and all the negative um, things out. You have to let out the, the hatred, the pain. You have to just let it all out. Let it all go. It's so good. forgiveness, definitely, you need to forgive. But here's doesn't a, mean you have to go back to the person or back in the same relationship. But you need to, you need to forgive. And also, I mentioned one before: focus on change your focus. Focus on the people who 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 love and care for you. You know, take your focus off those who, who are hurting you and causing you pain and focus on those who love and care for you. So um, also accept the things that you cannot change. You know, yes. I had to reach to the point where I realized, you know what? Well, my husband has left me for my best friend and I can't do anything to change that. And I just need to move forward with my life. That's true. And this is like the philosophy of stoicism, Delia. Part of me of control. Focus on the things that you can control. Exactly. No of the things that you exactly. can't not change his mind. Um no. now, one question that I need to know, when did all this happen? Is it just recent? Is this five years ago, ten years it's, ago? It's um over ten years ago this happened. And when I do have I do have a number of other tips on how to become happy again you know what I used and how I was able to become happy again because I have gone through that experience and the thing is it although it's a bad experience it's a negative experience you know sometimes you find your purpose in life by going through struggles right and I really believe that I have found my purpose my purpose to help others 
who have faced the same issues or even other problems because the information that I have, it, it can work for any other issues, any, any other problems that you might be facing in your life, not just infidelity and betrayal. And you, you do bring a very good point uh, that you discussed before about um, the, the resentment. But then at the same time, a lot of people will say, well, that's easier said than done, Delia. Because um, from one day to the other, after you've given them your forgiveness, then the whole weight that you were carrying inside of you kind of like dissipated in thin air. But the problem is that those who've been together for 15, 20 years, that they've built a lot together, sacrifices together. And when they see that their significant other showed no respect in the relationship or the marriage and decide to go and stray, how is it possible for someone from one day to the other to just give their forgiveness and then not feel the weight anymore? This is kind of like also denying yourself your emotions and not presenting them in a way that you find easier to cope with it. Because again, it doesn't happen overnight. Forgiveness is a journey. Now, for each and every one, is different. But again, do you feel that it's like that? I was just about to say my experience would not be your experience. And forgiveness was a journey. Remember I said that there were a lot of sleepless nights, um, you know, trying to get the courage and the strength to, to, to forgive them. So yeah, I, it didn't just happen in that moment when I offered the forgiveness. It started like, I think it was probably over a month, you know, a month, you know, of, 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 you know, thinking about it, knowing that I have to do it and, and, you know, it's important for me to do it. So it, it didn't just happen in that moment. It was a process that, that happened kind of going up to that time. And, Different people would have different experience, but, you know, when you forgive, you would remember. It's not like it's completely gone, but it's it's just the impact that it would have on you. When you truly forgive, I I think that 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 should, you know, it, it should go. It might take a, a longer time for you than others, but that that was my experience you know, in forgiving those, forgiving them. And when you wrote the book, Delia, how long did it take you before it was published in terms of explaining your own journey, your own story? And when did you decide that this is when you have to start writing it? It took me um, over five years because I started and I stopped several times. And then I because I wasn't sure exactly how to go through the whole process. Then I, I went into a school that was able to, to, to help guide me through it. But the thing is that I never give up. I always knew that I wanted to write this book and I knew why. And in the book, I am very authentic. I give the good, the bad, the ugly, everything is in there. And at the end of each chapter, I also have lessons that I learned while going through that. Because I want I want this book, when people read it, they can relate to it. Yes, correct. I want them to be able to, to, to 
practice it too. But yeah. And make make better, wiser decisions. Try to avoid the, the mistakes that I would have made and the things that I did wrong. You know, it, it, it should be a guide to help them to 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 see things clearer, yes. you know, and open their eyes to certain things. So yeah, I I really, really it was like it on my heart all the time. You know, I need to write this book. I need to write this book so I can help others because I'm telling you, when I was going through that, it was not an easy thing to go through. It was a very dark place to be. And I just want to help others, you know, men or women who are going through, you know, these situations. I want, I just wanted to help them to know that, look, look at me, you know. I went through that, but look, I'm using my mess to bless others and help them. Hmm. You know, I'm taking my negative and turning it into something positive. Absolutely. So there, there is hope. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. There is hope no matter what you're going through at this moment. Beautiful. And actually on the description of the podcast as well, Delia, we are going to put the links of your books where people can actually purchase it and get inspired, especially those who are starting to see some red flags or some signs. Mm, yes. Other I give I give 12 signs of infidelity in my book, 12 of them. So you have a lot there to think about. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Delia, on that note, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 18 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational messages, just like the one that you listened today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Bouncing back from adversity highlights human resilience and healing power. It emphasizes moving forward courageously and embracing forgiveness akin to a phoenix resurgence. Strength develops from mending broken pieces, and your heart learns to love through its scars. While doubts and sorrows may surface, grace and resilience persist. Seek support from your network during your journey. Each step redefines your narrative as a triumph over adversity, inspiring others with the human spirit's healing potential. Bouncing back signals that you're a survivor, not a victim, and your healed heart shines as a guiding light in the darkest moment. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalek, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.